Oh my god. So thirsty. So thirsty. Ah, getting the vocal cords lubed, lubed, Ooh lubed, ah. lubed. Ooh ah. Ooh ee. What? Red, Are we on? Red, red oh shit. We on high. Hey, <laughs> welcome to Water Talk. <laughs> With Nicola and Elizabeth mm. and Romeo and Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, ladies. We've decided to have them co-host for the rest of the season. <laughs> they were such a hit last time. Oh I went God. for drinks with Romeo and Michelle after last week's episode. Oh, that was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. I, I love the unexpected. You know, yeah. like I feel sometimes when you plan something, yeah. it doesn't happen as good as like when you're just like, oh, by the way, what are you doing? Eh, do you got to go to work? Nah, I'm gonna, I think no. Yeah. Oh, do you want to go have lunch? Yeah. I it. mean, drinks? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what? Like mid-afternoon on a Wednesday? When does that happen? Deal. Never. Exactly. But we... Sometimes like to make it happen. You gotta play a little. Gotta play a little. You do. Yeah. You do. I was actually having a conversation with my choir director, Greg, last night. Ooh, we're and having him on the show. We are right? having him on the show. And yeah. by the way, he is so excited. I'm excited. Um, he's amazing. And we were talking about the idea of scarcity. And sometimes when it's like, oh, I need the money or things like that, and you hold it so tightly, then things don't come. And it's like, if we want to go do lunch on a you know Wednesday afternoon, saying yes to that and and knowing that the abundance will come versus like, no, no, I got to get to work. I got all of that stuff. So yeah. Well, I love that mentality Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So how was your week? It was a good week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of stuff happened. Yeah. Again. Yeah. It's, I feel like I'm juggling a lot of balls, not the, not the right kinds, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but juggling nonetheless. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, I don't know, you know. You're always busy though, girl. Yeah. Like, you know, you are the busiest single girl that I know. <laughs> I'm serious. That's because, not saying a lot though. Well, no, it is because like I know a lot of, I know a lot of people <sighs> that are single yeah. and they just have so much time on their hands that I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh God, I wish I had that much time on my yeah. hands. But, and then get in trouble, you know, obviously. But you are like, you you have so much because you just don't have your work. You also have, like, your choir, yes. which I think is so cool. I'm excited to talk about that sometime because it has, it's, it's life-changing in such a good way. Well, and I think the message behind it, which I want to save all yeah, of that we'll for when, it. when your teacher comes. Greg What's Delson. Greg. Um so, but yeah, I yeah. Mean, but, but you're always, you're, you're on the go, girl. I'm on the go, but I, but like I also you know how to have a good time too. Yes. But that it's, it's interesting because I've actually realized lately that I, I have not been having as much fun. I have not had much adventures. Right. Um, I've sort of gotten very safe in getting this done. So I go to work and then I have to do this and then I have to do that. And it's like, I think I'm very living safely and also living, in the have tos or need tos versus the joy of things. I'm actually doing the artist's way book again. I don't know Ooh, if you've ever done yeah, that. I love the artist's way. It's so good. And like new things are coming up. And as I'm doing morning pages, it's like, I'm seeing how safe I've sort of created my world to be. So while I'm busy, sometimes I'm like, but am I busy doing the right things? So now I'm starting to prioritize and make time for like artist dates or just, you know, going to the museum. I used to take myself yeah. on dates to the museum or, you know, going to the beach or just trying to meet new people like in real life you know that's nice too yeah I think that th there's something to that like I find myself 
the mantra, I'm, I'm so busy. I'm busy, busy, busy. I'm yes. always busy. And that is true, but then I'm busy being busy. Exactly. You know, and then so that, that becomes like this mantra where then you don't get like, I, I even told myself yesterday, I was like, you know, enough with this, like fucking, yeah, you're busy. You're going to be busy for the rest of your life. Exactly. You have to surrender. Like I fight myself a lot of times on like Mark. even stuff that I got to do for the show, you know, like, oh my God, I got so much to do for the show. I have to like, and then I'm like, you need to surrender. Like you're living what you want to do. You're really happy. Like I'm yeah. happy. I'm creating, I'm doing my own thing. And sometimes you get so caught up in the, what I have to do yeah. that you forget to go. I don't have to do anything. I'm, I'm choosing I get to create to do. this. Exactly. I get, get to, to create, to, you know, I get to wake up in the morning and, you know, create something mm. that, you know, I love. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. So I think, you yeah, I was just going to say, you, you've created a lot of things in your journey in Los Angeles. At I least have. I know we created something together, but you, I mean, I feel like your resume, I, I was introduced to you specifically creatively through a friend saying, you guys should have a coffee date because you're both doing, I think we were both doing web series at the time or short yeah. something. And so you were doing Sunday brunch. I was doing Sunday brunch. Yeah. And you were doing the um, reinventing Tony. Exactly. And, but you had just finished the shooting of Lots of Smith. That one, yeah. Oh my God. You know what's funny, Nicola, is we, we were supposed to work together years ago. Yeah. And I just remember my first, my first date with you. Yeah. Coffee date. I was late. No, my first coffee date with you, I got really sick on the way there and had to call and cancel. All and right. you're like, you're like, okay, you know, I really took time out of my day. And I'm like, I know I've been I really said bad. that. No, no, but but you, you didn't know me, so you didn't know like is this girl flaky? Yeah, or, and you were like, well, I hope you feel better, yeah. you know. And I was like, yeah, I'm really sorry. Then we met the second time for coffee. We kind of went over everything, and you were doing Sunday brunch and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it's so weird. It was it was years ago. Yeah, and it's like life full circle, right? Isn't so then crazy. We end up hooking back up. That At that moment, it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right time. You were doing your thing. I was doing my thing. And then time-wise, it just wasn't meshing. Yeah. And then we end up hooking up again for hashtag. Yes. And that was even sort of a weird indirect thing because you were doing it with Sylvia. And then I sort of third-partied in before it became hashtag. And then it became right. hashtag. I forgot about that. I started with Sylvia. Yep. And then we're like, we should get one more girl. And yep. I'm like, oh, Nicola's really funny. Yep. And you knew her too, yes. right? You yeah. guys knew each other. And then, and then that was like a perfect perfect marriage and sometimes the perfect storm perfect marriage and always oh my god divorce yeah it was like <laughs> it was crazy you know when you have three partners it's yeah it's a lot three is hard three three my mom was always saying because we've got three girls and she's uh she has two brothers and she's just like three is a tough number three is a tough number it is and yet i have seen and um in other things that i've not only written but that i've created producer wise i always stick with the rule of three for some reason like very subconsciously and i realize it's not a good number three well, it's is good tough. for comedy like when you're for the doing... rule of threes right yes right. but i think partner wise it's like it's a lot tough. of personalities yeah and there's always like the middle person and then the east and the west exactly you, know? you got the and and people try and pit each other and you yeah because majority rules so it doesn't matter how do you get the majority it I, and I think that we learned it too and hashtag we didn't have a leader 
And I do think we need, a, at the end of the day, you need a leader that's like, no, we're not doing it. We were trying to make sure everybody was happy. And in doing that, I think a lot of the times no one was happy in ways. I, I, I think we're, I'm overly dramatizing and simplifying it no, because I it mean, was great. Yeah, we, we yeah. had a great, but I mean, come on, let's be real. Yeah. Like you don't write 36 sketches, yeah. three freaking strong, strong ass personalities. Ass personalities and in such a tight time frame with tight money constraints yeah like we were basically just like under the broiler the whole time the whole time but we did it but we did it yeah. and that's the key but yeah so you've I mean how many things have you created since you've come out here oh my god well I've created a lot you know I've done um I you know it's it also you know what's funny is uh, I was talking to a girlfriend of mine the other day and I was like you know I'm like I had to write to somebody and um, kind of give him my resume. Yep. And you, I don't know if this has ever happened to you where actually when you write it down, you're like, oh, I'm kind of a badass. <laughs> well, I've done a there. lot of shit, you know? <laughs> and I call my girlfriend up and I'm like, you know, I had to write something the other day. I love that. And I was like, wow, I've really done a lot. And she's like, I don't know why you're surprised. You've been producing since you were 17 in Florida. Literally. The shows, I had totally checked out yeah. and I was like oh my god you're right I've been producing shows pretty much since your I was whole seven. life yeah isn't that 17 it's is forever ago you know it's like basically you had to just sustain life up until that point and then as soon as you could you took over yeah well I've always had creative ventures like yeah. I had my jewelry line I feel like my soul if it doesn't have a creative outlet yeah dies like your bracelets you were just saying right before we oh, started. Yeah, you made, made those. Yeah, I just made these. That's I have, amazing. Yeah, I have a bunch of stuff. I'm thinking of starting a little jewelry line again. Just Definitely on the side because I'm. You're a jewelry queen. I am. Oh, like, that's my weakness. You pick out amazing jewelry for gifts and things. I am gifted for the gifts. You are gifted for the gifts. Because all my girlfriends, that's uh, what they get. If you're my girlfriend... You get jewelry. It's like W-W-E-G, what would Elizabeth give? Because you are the, like, sometimes I'm so intimidated because I'm like, fuck, I have not, I'm, I, yeah, it's really hard for me. And then I always am just like, what is she going to give? Because it's always going to be so much better than anything I could think of. Oh, no, please. Just the thought of you thinking of Ugh. me is great. But, you know, it was, I like, that's my, I think that's my gift of jewelry. Like, I really great. notice, like, I'm detailed. When you I are. look at somebody, I never just, like, look at them. I am like, in a good way, not scanning them. Like no. The, yeah, just going, oh, okay. And I'm not the person, how many times have you gotten gifts that you know is just like, ugh, you know, I just, I got to give her something. It's a generic something Yeah, and in so the I'm going to give her this, yeah. you know? Yeah. And they don't really put any thought. Yeah. I really put a lot of thought when you I give a gift. You can feel it. Yeah. It's always with love. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I so, love yeah, it. so you had this resume of oh, brilliance. Yeah, so so then, so I've done two uh, pilots that I shot, which was Lassa Smith, which is still one of my favorites, and I'm trying to shop the pilot right now. Good. Um, and it's about, well, should I say? Sure. I mean, it's about three Latina sisters. Mm. That's what it's about. And I shot that. I shot the pilot. And then I did another one called Magnum AA, which was about an advertising agency, uh, which is like kind of like, you know how the Latin, the, the Spanish TV is a bit over the top yeah. and cheesy yeah. at times, you know, with the colors and even Sabado Gigante, all the like, when they would do like the Tide commercial, it'd come out. Yeah, Tide. Yeah. 
Boss in, you know. Oh so it God. was it's about an ad agency, <laughs> but here comes a super Latina, you know, coming into this ad agency to this American market. I love this. And so I I shot the pilot for that. And so um That's and then brilliant. Oh, it, it's been it's I have a lot of and and then reinventing Tony. Yes. Which is, you know, semi what is it? Autobiographical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a lot about my life, my rock and roll, you know, kind of escapades, escapades and my crazy life. And then, of course, sprinkled with. So it's a dramedy. Yeah. Which is, I love dramedy and comedy. That's like. I live. Yeah. For that. And reinventing Tony, just to make it clear, is a script that you wrote. Uh, reinventing I created yes and I have a right exactly but yeah. yeah sorry yeah the yeah. other ones I wrote yes and so I have um and so right now I'm shopping all these different um pilots yep. which I'm really excited about you got balls juggling as well oh yeah and then the the uh, my uh partner for reinventing Tony just got nominated in Canada for awesome. like this like Emmy for one of her stories. Amazing. So, yeah, she's she's really cool, Christina. Christina Welsh, I'm going to give her a shout Congratulations. out. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> so what about you, girl? That's like, amazing. Um, yeah, it's so what funny. What are your, like, biggest, you know, like, funnest, creative, let's say, because we're artists, right? Yeah. So what are, you, what are you most proud of as an artist? <sighs> I mean, it's so funny because I feel like when you were saying that, I was like, it's so true. Like, I feel like we're harsh on ourselves a lot of times mm -hmm. where we, we, as soon as we finish the project, it's like on to the next or you see the faults in it and the flaws in it. And it's like, but still, like you said, we did it. Like the doing is, is the right. whole is everything. Um, it's the art of the, of the doing. But, um, so yeah, so I look back on them and I'm like, but that one got you here. And then this one got you here and they all build onto each other. So, you know, hashtag of course was an amazing boot camp in so many ways, not only like interpersonally, but like creatively and acting and writing and things like that. Um, but I would say all of them basically have those elements to me. The one um, that you had brought up, the Sunday Brunch, the series. That was so good. That one, I think, was my biggest. Um, that was my first biggest. And I also would still say in many ways my... It was, it was tough in so many ways and great in so many ways, but um, I, I, it was the first thing I ever wrote completely. So I wrote all six episodes of it and um, was acting in it and then produced it with two other people. And then it was about, you know, these three girls. And it was so interesting because it started as just like something I was going to shoot over the weekend with. Right with uh, one of the producing partners and actresses, Kelsey. And we were just going to shoot it over the weekend. It was just like a little short that we were, were planning on doing. And then it sort of expanded and we brought in our other producer, um, Sarah, and the director. And then it, we, as we started talking, we were like, well, what if we made it into a web series? And then we were like, well, what do we need a budget? So it we did growing. Kickstarter for it. And like that to me, I think, was the scariest of the whole probably process because the second that you're like, I'm putting it out there. You can't turn back. Like, there's no no's. Yeah. And then you're also asking people for money. And then once you have other people's money, you got to do something great the with it. The pressure is on. The pressure is on. And then the time is ticking. And, like, you have to raise a certain amount of money. So we kind of went all in on that. And 
the writing I think was was my my mom had always said I was a great writer and I never believed it and I never did anything about it. I was still like I want to be an actor. Why don't you see me? Right. And yet she was seeing me in uh, in a different regard. And I remember there was the one thing that really stood out in my mind about Sunday Brunch. There was the sixth episode. It was the final. It was the the finale of the season, quote unquote, AKA now the series. And um, my cat, Sydney, was diabetic and 17 years old on her basically like deathbed. Oh and she God. was just getting sicker and sicker and I was having to do insulin shots twice a day. And I was chained basically to home because of this cat. And, you know, she was my buddy from college. And um, so my cat's dying. I have the script that's due the next day. Oh and we couldn't figure out, like we had the idea of it but we couldn't figure out sort of how to get through it. And it was so challenging. And it was like, the, the, I had the due date, I had the dead cat, I had, you know, all of this <laughs> stuff happening. Oh, <laughs> and it was, it was like, I was so emotionally like drained and like, you know, I was getting notes on scripts and, and that too is a bit jarring and scary. Well, and it's hard not to take it personal. It's but hard. You have to be open to, like some of you go, oh, that's really good. And it's some of you go like, better. Eh, it's not my vision. It's not my vision, but in, in the talking of how it's not not working leads you to the sharper vision. Exactly. But it hurts along the way. Yeah, and and that does. was one of the things I learned a lot was not to take it personally, but also then sort of take it personally so you can use that to make it personal. Um, right. Because this show was a personal show. Like, you know, it was three characters and my character was me. And it was the first time I was ever using my voice to talk about a breakup of a relationship that was basically at this point the love of my life. Right. And what happened with it. And it was the first time I ever really talked honestly through story, you know, in a fictionalized thing, all la reinventing Tony, but still like talking about my truth. And so it was really raw in a lot of ways. Um, and so I remember I had like a bottle of wine and I drank that whole thing myself that night and I was smoking cigarettes at the time too. So I was like, I had the biggest, and I was just crying. I was just sitting on my couch crying. So I had like a wine headache, a cigarette headache, a crying <laughs> headache, dead cat on the floor. You know, it's just like, as I'm like writing this sixth episode that was due the next day. And I remember giving it to the my producing partner, Sarah and Kelsey, and they read it. And it was the only script I did not get notes on. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Isn't well, that I crazy? went to the screening. Yeah. And it was really great. Thank like, you. Like, it was shot beautifully. It was so fun to watch. I think that our friendship was kind of new at that time. It was, I think. And yeah. I was like, man, she's kind of a badass you it know? was great I learned a lot from it I would definitely do things differently in so many regards it's hard it was hard to wear all the hats as I then made the same mistake of doing and hashtagged but um I learned a lot it was such a great experience well I think for women like us it's hard to hand the hat over yeah you know and sometimes you just have to you know sometimes and you give a hat to someone else who does not wear it and then you and then gotta, you're stuck yeah, yeah. Well, also, too, you know, like, as far as getting notes on scripts, I also, like, I have to, you know, I always say opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one, yeah. you know? So I remember when I was kind of, I went to a couple of people to read the script and get notes on. But these are people that producer on effects, you know, yeah. uh, a, a director on a show. Like, when they talk, you listen. Absolutely. But when you're, like, your friend is trying to come and tell you, Ugh. who's never written a script before, or is not even in the industry, but they're, like, hell-bent on And then they're, like, going, well, why don't you do this? And, yeah, sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, I can incorporate that. Yeah. You know, that's a good idea. I listen to everybody. 
But I also realized in this, like, you got to take what is true to yourself. Absolutely. you still got to remain yourself in the in the process of being an artist, you know? Totally. And and you can get distracted by sort of like the little jingles along the yeah. way. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, you know, somebody taking your painting and going, yep. oh, you know what? If you put red and blue, it's going to look better. Yeah. And they just splat red and blue yeah. on it. You're like, okay, wait a minute. That wasn't, you know. So I think. Yeah. Yes, be open. I, this is what I learned. Yes, I'm open. And there is people's opinions that I really want. Absolutely. But even when they give it to me, I have to kind of be open to go, yeah, this fits with what, that's a great idea. Yeah. Or, hmm, I don't know. You I don't know? see it for this. Exactly. Yeah. The, again, on the artist's way, it's interesting. Uh, Julia Cameron talks about um, making sure you're safe, like making sure you give it to safe people who are giving you the criticism in a, in a proper way. Cause there are some people that just want to throw the red paint, you know? Oh yeah. And it's just like, so making sure, and also when it's ready, you know, it's like, you don't want to give like a brand new baby to somebody that could, you know, that it's like, kills it. exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah. abuses it. And yeah. Like, so it's like, make sure your baby's strong before you hand it off to somebody else too, I think is a good. So yeah. in this journey yeah. of being artists, that's Oof. like so difficult at times, but so rewarding yes. at, at others. Like, what is your ultimate goal? Like, where do you see yourself? Like, if you, if I were mm -hmm. to say, Nicola, mm -hmm. what is the perfect, you know, and I'll preface it by saying nothing's perfect. Right. But what would be like your perfect scenario? It's so interesting, um, creatively. Um, and it changes so much too. It's like, I feel like, uh, my perfect scenario has morphed and I hope it continues to. So even what I say now, hopefully tomorrow it will be bigger and better. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's part of growing. It is part of growing. And I think the beauty of Los Angeles and, uh, being able to create as you want and you know, with whom you want. Right. Um, I, my end game that has, has been my end game for a while now is, um, series regular on a sitcom with amazing cast that like all gets along it's and crew and writers and like we're family and I just get to learn every single day comedy and like it's just family and I'm every day like how am I here and how am I getting to do this it's you know like I love Curb Your Enthusiasm and Arrested Development like I like that's sort of my dream show I do love doing improv Larry um, David stuff. she's ready Larry please I and I'm <laughs> so fucking good at that shit. I'm not, I, I am shooting my own horn. funny. So yes, just, I am, Larry David is my all time, like let's have a dinner party with just five Larry Davids. Aiden dies, <sighs> dies for Larry David. He is, he is one of my, just as a person, I think he's hilarious because I do think he translates that onto screen so brilliantly. Well, and come on, my son is 15 and my son finds him hilarious. Because so he's, he's just truthful. transcends transcends like age, age too. I completely right? agree because he's just being himself. And I think that resonates with everyone. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like that's it. Like a sitcom, like, and a series that runs for a long time that I'm like, how am I doing this every day? But that makes people laugh and escape and think and talk. And you know, that does reach people. I, that's my, that that's my dream. How well, I see that for you. And I, I think it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Nikki, you're really talented and you're yeah. super, super funny. And you're so fast on your feet. Thank you. You have really great witty humor and, um, and you're a little bit dirty sometimes. A little I bit. like it. Thank you. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I could, appreciate uh, that. Larry David. Yes, please. I'm going to look at the camera. 
This girl's ready. I'm ready. Yeah. Ready for you, I can Mr. see you on David. that show, too. I could kill that. Sh- like, and it's when hilarious. it keeps coming back, every time I'm like, Ugh, you know, because it's back again. Yeah. So, yeah. What about you? What's yours, fabulous well, woman? you know, you know me. I love comedy. I do. So, you know, it used to be I want to be on a, on a sitcom, yep. you know. And so, when at, which, after I've started the show now, which, you know, I have three pilots that I'm tr- trying to shop or whatever. Amazing. But- now that I've done Left Unsupervised, you know, my ultimate goal, I think, to incorporate comedy, because I'm even changing, you know, the format now. Yeah. Of, it's not just a podcast anymore. Now I, you know, I'm videotaping. I have a YouTube channel. Yes. It's becoming more of a variety. We're going to do sketches. Yes. We're hitting the streets. Yeah. So I would love, love to be the first Cuban-American mm-hmm. or first Latina on late night TV variety show, kind of where you have sketches and you have musical guests and you have interviews. Because I'm a people person. I love to talk to people. And I find you learn a lot by listening to to people. And sometimes, you know, you you think you have somebody figured out and then you really talk to them and you're like, God, you know. So those moments are like, Oh my God, those are really cool. Like that feeds my soul. Because you pull it out of people too. So I think that that you have you have such a gift of of seeing people, but then also letting them safely expose and open and ease, like in a way that I have never seen people Aww, do that. Thank it's you. And, that it's so, a lot. I think thank it you. goes back actually now that we're talking about the gifts that you give. It's be I do think you see people and I think it goes with your intuition because I do think <laughs> I feel like you you yeah. you have that where you like whether you know it or not I do think that you look at people but I also think you see people and I think that that is so such an amazing trait but I think it's brilliant for you here because it does use your humor and your brilliance and like you, you've gone through it all you've seen it all you've gone through it all so you can relate to it all and share it all and make people laugh about it all and I think oh that means a lot to me it's true you know I really appreciate that I know my guests when they come they're like oh my god that was so fun you so make it so easy fun. and you know and I, they open up like you can yeah. see like they're just like having a good time you make people have a good time well thank you yeah but that's that would be my ultimate goal like I would love that will be your ultimate goal that variety show where I can still do comedy because I love it yeah you know I see you on Comedy Central I feel uh, like because you know how Samantha B has her own oh, show yes. and like the, like John Stewart had his obviously Ooh. and I feel like I feel like you could have your own Comedy Central show. I mean, of course, networks don't don't get us wrong. Everybody's yeah. welcome. Everybody's welcome. I'm I'm open yeah. for everything. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. Let's get let them supervise show. Yes, with Elizabeth Morales. <laughs> I love it. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. So you've worked, so Left Unsupervised, how many, this is the fourth season. It's fourth season. And you've done it so much. And I, so I don't know, I know you shared a little bit about this with the audience, but right. I would love to talk with you a little bit more because I know you've just kicked ass in this. And it's like every time I, you know, I, I knew you were starting to do it and then it just kept getting bigger and bigger and you've just changed it and grown it and just kicked so much ass along the way. And it's amazing to watch. And then I find out all last year you were sick and going through some health issues oh, and you were still putting on the show and you were still killing it. And I would love for you, if you feel comfortable, to talk a little bit about that because you didn't miss a beat in the eyes of the public. 
Well, you know, I was like, as you're saying that right now, I'm getting goosebumps. And I'm like, I'm not good with showing emotion. I, I'm like, I'm very presentational mm-hmm. at times. So, um, and I think that comes from having that being brought up in like that cult environment where if you're not perfect, God's going to kill you. Mm. And so when I got sick, like I was really sick. Like I thought I was dying of cancer and I thought that I, like I was thinking of, you know, leaving, um, Aiden with, you know, what, I'm not going to see him grow up, you know? And so I was thinking I'm going to write him a note for every day or I'm going to write him um, a letter for every birthday, you know? Mm -hmm. And so being that face with your mortality was really, really hard on many levels Mm -hmm. and being quiet about it, which is, I'm glad you're asking me because I've kind of talked about it on air, Mm -hmm. but I always sprinkle it with like, you know, I kind of, I glaze through it. Right. Um, and I still have PTSD about it. I mean, I literally, if I get a pain, I think I'm gonna, you know, it's coming back. Yeah. Pancreatitis when they couldn't figure out what was happening with me. Um, and I lost like 20 pounds. I couldn't eat and I was in the hospital, but yet you, and this is why social media is great, but it's a lot full of shit. And I never posted it on social media Mm -hmm. because I always felt like business is business. And also we kind of work in an environment, you know, as artists that if you show any vulnerability about being sick, then you think, oh, maybe I won't get work, you know, because they think that I'm sick. So um, throughout, well, I'm, you'll see like last year pictures of me hiking and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm But really, I was on the couch with IVs in my arm. You know, I had I one of my closest friends now, I became friends with her because they would come to my house and give me IVs for that whole year, you know, two or three times a week. And um, so it was a full year that you... Almost a year and a half. So how did it start? Like, what? how, how did the... How did you find out or not feeling well or what was well, going on? The first time that it happened was I was... Uh, I had shoulder pain and I told him like, oh, I must have slept wrong. And then like within five, I took a shower and then I was screaming mm. of back pain, shoulder pain. And I had been feeling nauseous and I was losing weight. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm not even trying to lose weight mm-hmm. and I'm losing weight, you know, it's so wonderful, you know. And um, it wasn't wonderful because I now I find out it was because my body wasn't really taking all the nutrients in. My hair started falling out, mm-hmm. and it, it was quite. So I went, ended up going to the hospital, and they, the doctor was completely inadequate and said, "Send me home with like major narcotics and tell me how to pinch nerve in my back." And then as I was walking oh out the gosh. door, he's like, "You should go to the doctor. Your pancreatic enzymes are elevated. Your lipase." So by the time, you know. So giving medication, though, is terrible for the pancreas, right? Like all of the drugs he gave you? Yeah, but I didn't take them. Okay. Like that, I didn't. They gave me painkillers at the hospital. The funny thing is, like, um, I ended up in the hospital, too, because I started getting panic attacks from the pain that, you know, like the traumatic thing. So, um, but he sends me home with these narcotics. And then um, as I go home, I'm like, there's something not right. 
And then I call my GI doctor and I'm like, my stomach doesn't feel right. I have major pain. And she tells me, oh, has anybody died in your family of cancer? Because I think you mm. need therapy. You need to talk to a psychologist. I think you're making a bigger deal than it is. It's going to take a little while. You got a little acute pancreatitis. Well, normal numbers are like 71. And by the time I ended up in the hospital, I was at like 1,200, my lipase. And so then she ended up apologizing. But this is, goes back to the medical system where they, yeah. they, as a woman, they think you're just being dramatic. Like, I'm, I felt like I was dying and she's telling me I need to talk to somebody because I have somebody in my Unresolved family. Unresolved emotional must, issues. Yeah. So it was, but I don't know if you ask me now how I kept the podcast going. I yeah. have no idea. Like, the best photos that I have, which was with this huge um, makeup artist, photographer called Troy Jensen, those pictures are beautiful because they're glammy pictures right but I was dying the whole time that I was shooting I was in pain and I'd ha I'd go to the bathroom and I'd be sweating and I'd be like oh my god I, how am I gonna get through the shoot and so so terrifying so terrifying and now I think that in retrospect the podcast is what kept me like even when I'd have guests on they wouldn't know They'd just be like, oh, my God, you've lost so much weight. Yeah. And inside, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm dying. Yeah. You know, so but I get but it kind of disconnected me from the pain. Yeah. So I think when you do what you love, you're able to almost like so I was able to disconnect from that pain when I was interviewing on the show. And then I'd stop and then I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm oh my dying. Gosh. So because yeah. I didn't even know. It's like, nobody, you knew. know, you hid it so well. And I know I talked to you a few times and it was just about the show and what was going on. And it was never about any, like, you were not a complainer. You weren't a, sh like, and it makes sense because I know we talked on a previous episode what you do when you're sad and you said isolate. I and isolate. So it's interesting. It would, now knowing that you did that and you went through it, would... Do you, are you happy you isolated or would you would you isolate again if this ever happened? I would probably do both. Mm -hmm. Isolate because I need to, I feel like that's how I heal. Yeah. But there is also something, and in that isolation, the times that I was in the hospital, I was very lonely. And there's almost, for me, there was a lesson is like, just because I'm sick, I'm not broken. Mm. I'm not, if I'm sick, I'm not worthy of being loved or visited or mm. you know uh so don't talk about it because then you're weak and i learned mm. that if i were to go through some like i had one friend show up at the hospital and she knew and i was like how great would it have been to have your friends show up at the hospital mm -hmm. that gives you strength and encouragement instead of feeling not worthy of that love you know so, and it's a gift to your friends too, to get to come see you and take care of you because you do that as a spirit and a woman and a friend and a mother and a wife every single day. So for us to get to show up for you is really selfishly something that we want to do. And it's so weird because I'm so comfortable in the giving, but not in the receiving. Right. It's so interesting. And in the giving, it's how you define how people love you, perhaps. And so when you weren't able to, it was a good lesson for you to see that you were still loved and are still loved. Well, yeah, there was a lot of lessons that mm -hmm. I learned. And I think the number one takeaway was who gives a shit what anybody thinks about what you're doing? creatively not creatively you have a dream do it because when you're like when you're faced with your more own mortality mm -hmm. 
you're not thinking like, uh, what do you what you think of? Which is what I was like. Why have I not done this? Because oh, somebody you might see it, and they're not going to think it's funny. And that took all that away. That mm. took like, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I want to do my podcast. I want to make it a talk variety show. If people don't think it's funny and they don't like the new format, I'm okay with that. Yeah, you not know. For them. And so, I was thinking I more of what I hadn't done because of what people might think. Right. And and so that eliminated that. It gave you freedom. It gave me freedom, and it and it taught me some lessons. And I'm still mm. learning from it because I still like. I still feel like I'm going through a little bit of something, but I, I'm starting to think now that it might be that BII. I'm learning so much about that breast implant, and mm. you know, I'd have right, to right, right. shows with it. Yeah, so that might be contributing to some of the illnesses and <sighs> stuff that that seem to be like autoimmune and so acute pancreatitis. If you went through with you know, removing breast implants, would you then share that experience first, you know, to, and ask for help and, you know, it's funny. Mm -hmm. Um, just thinking about it is I would have to say terrifying. hell to the no, no. Yeah. <laughs> like I went and got a consultation and, yeah. the, and the doctor's like, well, you should like, you know, and I was like, yeah, but you know, I also want to help women. This is why I started the show exactly. is to put, so I would definitely consider it. Yeah. I mean, I look at Perla. She's out there and she's helping so many people. The show has opened a huge platform for her to to talk about it. Yeah. Now. I mean, she's even having um, transsexual reaching out to her that have also problems oh, wow. with the breast implants, which is something I would never think of. Amazing. Right? Yeah. So all these, it, it, it's such a huge epidemic Yeah. that her coming out is helping more than just women. And you as well with your story. So yes, yours manifested in pancreatitis, but it's also about emotional asking for help and having people being there for you and the medical system and journey. And like you said, your own mortality and not giving a crap about what other people say. It's like what, as hard as I'm sure it has been and probably will still continue in She'll have ways. my moments, yeah. yeah. But like, what a beautiful gift you've gotten through it. And the most important thing is health, yeah. not the weight on the scale, which is what I learned. I got to the weight that I've been dreaming of being. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I've been fantasizing about this weight, and I look like shit. Yeah. Uh, that's not the weight I want to be. The weight I want to be is healthy. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the weight I want to be. I love that. So are you yeah. feeling good on... Um, the effects of it all now, like, are you? I feel phenomenal. Great. Like, phenomenal. I feel great. I'm ready to come back. I'm ready to kick some booty. Elizabeth and Nicola, please exit the studio and practice social distancing. We will see you on Instagram until further notice. Thanks for listening to Left Unsupervised. Don't forget to stalk us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Left Unsupervised Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening.